0: Hello, and welcome to the Cash News Podcast. Informative conversations about all things currency and cash. We'll share insights on the issues affecting the world of cash today, like cash security, payments technology, and the cash supply chain. Your hosts, Tom Meehan and Sean Ferrari, hope to inform industry professionals and support better cash security and management by sharing the latest information on trends, strategies, and technology. This is the Cash News Podcast. Now, here's Tom and Sean. Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cash News Podcast. I'm Tom Meehan, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Sean Ferrari. In case anybody wonders, we're working remotely, so if you hear dogs barking in the background, I have a pandemic puppy that's going wild right now so i apologize in advance for that. Sean, how are
2: yeah, you? Yeah, i'm good, thanks. Likewise, i've got a pandemic puppy as well, so i guess it's uh, the common theme, right? He's just over 1 now, so uh we'll we'll see how that goes, but he may bark as well. We have a chipmunk out front as well, so he um has entertainment But yeah, it's been a good couple weeks since we last chatted here and and recorded. And we are happy to be back and and talk about a couple things that have bubbled up this week or that continue to occur. And also let you guys know that we are outsourcing speakers for future episodes. So you don't have to always just listen to me and Tom talk, although we know it's, it's just a fun thing to do. And we're happy you do it. But we'll get other voices on as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We love to talk, but uh, I'm sure, as we always joke, that you are just as interested in listening to other people speak. So we've got a bunch of guests on the roster that are coming, and as as everybody who's listening, this knows, this podcast is all about cash and currency. We really are no restrictions. We talk about anything related to cash, currency, or payments. So if you're listening and you're interested in joining us, reach out to us. Yeah, you can reach out to us through LinkedIn or directly in the podcast notes. You'll see that in the Podcast is literally everywhere where you can find podcasts as well as YouTube. So we're super excited to have people on. Uh, today is our micro version. So we re-rotate between a long format and a micro version. That way you get to hear us a- as much as possible. Uh, and we have a couple quick topics and I'm certainly gonna turn it over to Sean on this, but I know Sean, we wanted to talk about the coin shortage debacle. I don't know what <laughs> to what, it call it, but
2: what are your thoughts? Sure, yeah. No, I mean, I think before, if we have any listeners from the Fed, we'll be clear to say it's not a shortage nor debacle, but we will say it is an issue you it's the get coin moving task force and and that they've set up i think you know it bubbled up again this week and people might be saying why are you talking about coin all of a sudden and it's not really all of a sudden i think those that have heard us kind of talk about it or the fed talk about it or or the task force talk about it over the past year it was a pandemic related issue much like our dogs The, the coin issue kind of popped up First, it may have been a little bit of a supply issue, just in the sense that the the men had to slow down initially as they kind of adjusted to the COVID scenario. But it's really not a supply issue. It's just a circulation issue of coin. And it, it hasn't really resolved yet. There's been a lot of work that has gone on working with some of the larger retailers and some banks and CITs around the country trying to and sent people to bring coin to, whether it's to retailers and then retailers to banks and banks to, to the CITs and the CITs to the Fed. Um, it's this kind of channel, right? That has to kind of move all along. And, and really as folks got out less, during the pandemic, there was less, as we saw in the that we talked about last week, the diary study that came out, the update to that that the Fed had put out, there was less cash usage. And if you're using less cash, you're using less coin. So as all that's gone on, and, and workforces have been stretched thin at various places all throughout that channel, you know, there's just been less handling and flow of coin. it's causing some challenges at various points along that channel and that continue to exist. I know some consumer groups are a little worried about it or very worried about it just in the sense that if you don't have coin, it's forcing a lot of retailers to say, we're just not gonna, we can't make change, so we're we're not gonna accept cash and we're gonna move to more digital channels. There's a lot of legislation on the flip side of that that's coming out from state to state that's saying, no, you must accept cash as a retailer. So that's kind of some counter forces at work there. I think what will be interesting, you know, is as the economy rebounds here and things are opening up quite quickly now and folks are getting back out dining at restaurants, starting to shop again, how fast does that help resolve the problem or not? I don't know, Coin's a funny animal. It's generally a one-way street. It does usually go out and never really make it all the way back up that channel or rarely make all the way back up that channel. So will it come back or will it be sticky and just sit in people's drawers and piggy banks and wherever else it, it sits? <laughs> I don't know, but I know the folks are at all those different industries are, are looking at it and trying to figure out ways to get it to come back and uh, just make it flow more smoothly. So it's an issue that continues to be out there. Again, we'll have some folks on to talk about it. It's not just a U.S. issue. It's happening in some other countries around the world as well. I know our a steering group that we have that helps us set an agenda for our, our upcoming Bank on Currency Conference next February I'm specifically asked that we get coin on that agenda, which is not typically featured on that agenda, but they definitely want to talk about it and engage from an international perspective as well on what's going on with coin circulation and and how to make sure that currency leaders all over the world have that on their radar and and talking about it. Um, So much so that we're actually also going to add a workshop at the beginning of that conference focused on coin circulation. So it's it's definitely a bubbling issue that the pandemic has kind of brought to light that the industry is working on that we're going to keep our finger on the pulse on, on here as well so that as we can get some updates and we'll get some representatives from various groups on over the coming months to, to chat about it. I obviously was
1: joking at the beginning because I, I remember just the news media talking about a shortage and, you know, kind of the sky is falling around when COVID happened. There was just so many things that occurred and really, As you stated, there was a little bit of a low, but this is definitely a circulation issue. And I don't know, I'm certainly not an expert in coin, but I think there is some level of common sense as things open, people are going to want to cash turn that into paper and move it around. And where I do spend a lot of my time is on the other side where you talked about retailers and not accepting cash and the risk associated with that. And it's such a funny balancing act where it is just not easy to not take cash for a retailer. So anytime I hear that, I kind of shake my head and say, digital payments are not as easy as it looks. There are margin implications. There are all sorts of fraud implications. And also the customer implication. If I come into an establishment and I want to use cash and I can't, and that's not a good customer experience. And in retail specifically, we know, and this is factual, that when the pandemic started, there were some very large chain retail and quick serve that said they weren't taking cash. And really, almost instantaneously, they reversed those decisions and said, we'd prefer digital payments, but if you have cash, we're going to take your cash. Actually, I, I saw an article not too long ago about you know an establishment rounding for change uh, in the customer's favor to make sure that they could make it easier for the customer. So, so I'm not saying that's the solution, but there's a retailer that's going like, no, our customer base is you know, 60% of them still use cash. We need to accept cash and make it really easy for them. I'm really eager to hear, you know, certainly interested to hear what some of our guests will say about it. I know that um, the move movement makes sense to me. It's just getting it back into circulation and, and I'm certainly eager to see what happens when all that coin fluxes back in, you know, how people react to it. But globally, I hear it from a lot of folks too. And I just think it's part of this kind of, I don't use this term a lot anymore, the new normal term, because I think we still don't know. I think it's still an evolution of what's going to occur.
2: I mean, I think the other piece on that is as we started talking and we will continue to talk, as we kind of push the circulation of cash uh, further downstream, right, with more use of recyclers and smart safes and, and those sorts of things, which make 100% sense to do, I think, for many, many retailers and, you know, keep cash kind of downstream. Don't You don't have to send everything back upstream to the bank and to the Fed and have it come all the way back down. There's benefits to that, of course, from a cleaning of the currency and keeping it safe and, and secure. But to the extent that some of it can stay as, as far downstream as possible to make it more efficient that's great. But when you do have this coin side of the world, you have to think about that too, right? It's like, okay, well, if we're if we're pushing less transport of currency, less fulfillment of currency orders by armored carriers, by keeping the cash further downstream, well, that limits the number of times you're serviced by a carrier, which is probably going to be bringing you coin or doing change orders with coin. And are you as a retailer, going to spend the money on your armored carrier run if it's only bringing you pennies, as literally only bringing you pennies, (laughs) as opposed (laughs) to bringing you hundreds and fifties and twenties and everything else you need as a retailer. So there's going to be a a change, no pun intended there either. There's going to be a a change with how the coin does flow. It's not necessarily going to just kind of piggyback on the currency as it as it may have used to. If if the currency's not moving as much either because of technology and other solutions that are out there. So, it's definitely something to watch and it's a larger issue that kind of needs to be addressed or else it is just going to be a true one-way street of just coin constantly out and never coming back, which then does have true issues because you've got to rebalance it somehow and nobody wants to spend the money to move it. That's really the, the root of the issue.
1: Yeah, and I think your perspective and, and what you said is always what I say is it's not that easy, right? When you introduce a smart safe or a recycler into your environment, there are a lot of things that happen that at face value, you go, this is going to be amazing. This is what's going to occur. And then, you know, you start to realize that you're, you know, you get certainly get more efficiencies, but you get less delivery right and then what are the cost of that delivery and so from a control tech standpoint, we're still you know one of our most sought after product is a, a coin bag and we haven't seen a dip. So I always go to myself, well there's there's got to be mo- money moving because we're seeing this happening. And so you know while that's probably anecdotal and not scientific, you know, I can see what people are using. So there's definitely some movements though. I think the circulation really has more to do with the pandemic. And I don't, you know, I, I think when you said pennies, like it's such a valid point of like, if I closed a retail establishment or I closed the chain, I'm not sure that I'm going to go take all my my coin out of my safe. And rush it to the bank I might just have left it there. those was all those things play a real role. I think the biggest point for a listener is this is what we're trying to do on the podcast is talk about all of those things that at face value you might not realize when you're introducing a technology or making a change no it. you know in, in in the way you process currency there are a lot of things that go along with it and they're not good or bad they're just things. You know, that you have to plan for and prepare for and understand what the impact is. So all stuff I'm really interested in hearing and, and really understand, you know, want to see what's happening. And then, you know, looking at what the global footprint of coin looks like and how, you know, there are some countries as, you know, Sean, I think you and I touched on this when we were together in person that eliminated certain coin and it sounds easy, right? It sounds easy, yeah. but when you do it, you go, oh man, we can't. We've just changed the whole consumer landscape of a country. And then it it creates a little bit of a a stressor. And then we're not typical media, right? So we're not waving the flag. We're not going to put the article that it's the end of the world, you don't have pennies. That also exasperates the issue, right? The media in the beginning of this was, there's a coin shortage, what are we going to do? Unbanked Americans aren't going to be able to buy things at stores because there's no change. And it became this kind of where there's certainly consequence, but I think that once the circulation runs through, we'll we'll, we'll be in a different position. I wanted to chat a little bit, Sean, and, and just a little, just because this is reminiscent of, gosh, it feels like forever ago when at the last event that we were together and I spoke about cryptocurrency, I was a little bit on the stage. There were some other folks that are way smarter than me in the cryptocurrency space, but not in the risk space, I would say. And I said, there's real risk that regulation is coming and there's no way we're gonna avoid this. And they and you know, one person said, No, Bitcoin will never be regulated. And so yeah, I think it was yesterday or the day before, you know, the Treasury calls you know, for doubling IRS staff and targeting tax evasion specifically related to cryptocurrency. And then the White House makes a statement of that, you know, we're going to go aggressively after this. And this is um, not a good or bad thing. It's just the reality of you can't transfer millions of dollars of digital currency and not pay taxes on it. I don't want to spend too much time on it today, but I think we're going to see a much greater degree of scrutiny around crypto exchanges and folks that like Coinbase and Robinhood, they're regulated, they're licensed. There's no way that they're not going to participate in this. They're banking institutions. If you're on a major exchange, you're going to see that they're, you know, you may have to have SARS filled, though. You may have to fill out applications over $10,000. I see that coming. I've thought that would come quicker. I think the pandemic slowed it, but I can, you know, almost guarantee that's coming. And again, I don't know that that's A bad thing. I know that people, you know, talk about decentralization. Taxes aren't necessarily centralizing the cryptocurrency. It's just saying you got to pay the tax on it. And then the Chinese government making a very bold move of really limiting the crypto. So I do think this is definitely my personal opinion that crypto is not going away. But I do think in the next six months or so, we're going to see a much greater degree of scrutiny and a much greater degree of regulatory from the federal level around taxation. there's real money in this. And then I also would say, if you are a crypto person and you're not using, you know, a personal wallet to keep it in, and you are using like an offshore, unregulated piece of it, there's risk for you, right? You don't have protection. So, you, you know, so you have to be very careful with that. And then the other thing is Bitcoin using the most is still not widely accepted. So you're eventually going to have to turn this to money. So, like any investment, there's going to be tax associated with it. I do believe there is going to be a huge, huge focus on it, especially with doubling the IRS staffing and, and pushing that. And I do think we're going to see more compliance-driven transactions. I think we're literally weeks away from mm-hmm. financial institutions requiring at least some sort of documentation on $10,000 or more. And it's electronics. It's not like the, you're taking cash out of the bank, but you know, I'm pretty sure you're going to have disclosure agreements and things of, of that nature. I know that some of the exchanges already have hold periods where they just don't let you just take it and move it. There's a hold period involved so that they can moderate and I certainly know that all of the major exchanges report to the IRS that isn't isn't changing but I do think we're going to see kind of transfers worth more than $10,000 to be reported every single time I know that the the government is calling for that, but I think it's actually going to transition in. I'm not sure that this is a problem for cryptocurrency. I just I think it's something to talk about. Um, I always like you know over a year ago I kind of was saying I think we're all crazy if we don't think this is ha- going to happen. And a lot of the more technical crypto guys said so no, that's why crypto was created, so that would never happen. But the reality is, um, decentralized doesn't mean detaxed. You know, that just means that, you know, you don't have a governing body watching. And it, it's more of a using the blockchain to anonymize the transactions. I think that's the key the anonymized nature of you're not going to be able to take 10000 or $20,000 in crypto out to buy a car without the government saying, wait a second. How did you earn that? And, and what are the tax implications? Not a good thing or a bad thing, just a reality. And there is, and I think we will talk about this every once in a while on the call. There is a lot of up and down in the in the crypto markets, and there's a lot of global information about it. So I do think it'll be a topic. I think that it, it's important because I don't believe cryptocurrency is a cash competitor at all. As a matter of fact, I actually think crypto in the real world turns into cash. I think you know, cash you know, if you really want to anonymously spend cash is the other option, right? When you use your credit card, when you use Venmo and use PayPal, there's no way to be anonymous. So if you're spending normal denominations, and I shouldn't say normal, under $10,000 in denominations cash, it is just as anonymous as Bitcoin. It's actually more anonymous. There is no number to track it. So I don't believe that this has a lot of bearing on cash. I just think that it keeps the government's ability to tax it. And that's exactly what you're seeing globally. We're seeing that everywhere. We're also, and I'll I'll leave with this, we also see that the volatility in crypto, I think all of the crypto, almost every major, at least US-based and actually, two uh, non u s based crypto uh, exchanges crashed multiple times in the last week because of the volume and the volatility, so this is still one of those things, and actually, there were a lot of there was a lot of chatter uh, on the web about I went to sell at this price and it was down, and I ended up at not being able to sell at that price and again, that unregulated nature that unbacked, it's not like a stock, there is kind of risk, and it's not nefarious risk, it's just risk so a lot more to come on that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, Sean.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I, I agree with all that. I think um, it's, as you said, you know, it's an investment, you know, I, I know a couple of people online have, have said this week, you know, don't don't put more in there than you're prepared to lose, right? I mean, yeah, you might make it big, but you also might lose everything you put in. So just kind of, you know, that going in. And I do think the regulation, you're right, is going to come and it's not going to take too many more things like colonial pipeline and all that where you you've got more ransomware attacks that matter not that all of them don't matter but when they start affecting critical infrastructure and that highlights the crypto that's used to be demanded. I mean, that can only go on for so long before action is taken, you know, and that, that protects everybody and it might affect some of the anonymity. And as you say, you know, the whether it's a SARS filing and uh, all that sort of stuff or, or what have you. But I mean, yes, they've been around for a while, but, you know, in terms of popularity, it's still a very, in a financial instrument, a very new thing. And it takes a while for regulation to catch up. I mean, and and we'll talk, we said, you know, we'll talk in the future about the cannabis market. It's a somewhat similar dynamic where, you know, as you start, as things start to get, whether it's deregulated and grown in popularity, and then, you know, do more regulations come on top of it. It's just, there's a cycle with this stuff. Hey, we still haven't figured out coin, right? And the coin's been around for thousands of years. (laughs) And now we've got crypto. So, you know, it takes a while with this stuff. No, all awesome points.
1: And we'll definitely talk about the cannabis market in the future. And you know what? I think next next podcast, we'll talk a little about the Colonial Pipeline. I'm going to save that because I think there's some real valid points that you made of why regulation might need to happen for us all to stay safe. So without further ado, we're going to part ways for now. All the listeners, we appreciate it. Please like, subscribe. Anywhere you can find a podcast, we're there. We appreciate the support so far and everybody stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. Great. See you
2: all in a week or two. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cash News Podcast. We hope you found this episode insightful. Don't forget to like and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter, and be sure to visit us at thecashnews.com to stay up to date with the latest on the world of cash. Thanks again for listening to the Cash News Podcast.